Greetings, everyone. Here we are with this week's sponsor, More Teas, Please. This is a local Canadian company run by my dear friend Mel, all out of her house. She is a mom of three, three under three. She's a photographer, a dance coach, a full-time elementary school teacher. So if she wasn't busy enough, she went ahead and launched her own company. (laughs) You're nuts, Mel. But we will totally take advantage of this opportunity. 10% off her entire shop including sale items. Mel can customize anything, and I mean anything. Mugs, t-shirts, sweatshirts, keychains, tumblers, you name it. Have something you want customized. Go to Mel and she will get it done. Tune into this offer, 10% off at checkout with the code R-U-O-K. Letter R, letter U, letter O, letter K, all uppercase at checkout. Her shop is www.moreteasplease.shop and follow her on Instagram at more.tease.please. Wow, that's a mouthful. Tune in, guys. Are you okay? Don't care. Great. Bring on the bubbly. Babe. (laughs) Hey, guys. This is Are You Okay with Teeny Lewis. Hey, podsters, welcome back to the show. This is episode six, and I have an amazing guest lined up for you guys. She isn't directly from my inner circle, so this makes this that much more exciting because I truly feel like we went on an adventure together. So let's get right into it. Her name is Natalia Juarez, and she is a Toronto-based breakup coach and dating strategist. After going through a broken engagement in 2010, she became obsessed with reimagining heartbreak as an opportunity for transformation and founded Lovistics.com in 2013. I will link it in the show notes. Today, she helps men and women through the entire spectrum of breakups or divorce, helping them recover, initiate a separation, win an ex back, and find new love. She's been featured in publications around the world, including Good Morning America, The Wall Street Journal, GQ, The Guardian, Vice Media, NPR, among major Canadian medias such as The Globe and Mail, The Toronto Star, and CBC Radio. Need I say more, everyone? She knows what she's doing. This Toronto-based visionary has reimagined healing and the path to overcoming heartbreak, a delicate hand with a firm grip on how to move forward and break from both the patterns and the past, helping those trying to get over a breakup, thinking about one, or even avoiding an unnecessary one. So we get into all things breakup, love, dating, of course. I learned so much. I truly feel like it was like a therapy session for myself. She introduces the concept, you know, that she works with, which is um, attachment theories. Again, something I had no idea about and again, learned so much. So I'm going to shut up and I'm going to introduce her. Of course, the first half half of the episode is dedicated to all of that. And then the second half is dedicated to The Bachelor. And The Bachelor finale aired last night, the After the Final Rose. It was a super controversial, dramatic season. We talk about all of it. Even if you're not a Bachelor fan, you will learn from this because we keep talking about relationships along the way. Amazing. Let's go. All right, everyone. I have the one and only Natalia with us. I cannot wait to pick her brain. Let me shut up and give her the floor. Hello, Natalia. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Justine. No, thank you for coming on because like I said, we are going to pick your brain. We're going to talk all things Bachelor in the second second part of this episode. So guys, like I said, I just want to give her the floor. I want to find out how your business came to be, who you are, and a little bit about your journey. 
Okay. Well, this all started 10 years ago when I was, um, <laughs> yeah, like the real catalyst was that I went through a major uh, breakup that included a uh, broken engagement six months before I turned 30. Now in my twenties, I had been through a couple of other big painful breakups, but it was this second one that just really rocked my world because it, it was, it was, you know, right alongside this milestone of turning 30. And I mm -hmm. thought like, I just, I really didn't want to repeat my twenties and my thirties. So when that ended, I did everything I knew to do. I, I got a therapist, I read some mm -hmm. books, but then slowly I began to discover, you know, other theories and uh, teachers that taught me all sorts of other things about what it takes to have a great relationship. And the more I learned, um, the more I just wanted to pass along everything. I had learned to other people who were struggling in the same way as I had. Right. And it's, it's so interesting guys, because I met Natalia, I'd say probably about four years ago now, maybe five on uh, a mutual friend's patio. And when I found out what you did, I was so enthralled. And I think you were not just starting out, but you were, yeah. you had launched your business. Yeah. And I was going through my own breakups and kind of singlehood and I mean, I just turned 30. I just love that we have this 30 connection here and I started this podcast. And so let's be real. 30s are like the new 20s, right? And our 40s, I, the new 30s? <laughs> I, I, I think so. I think it should all be celebrated. Mm -hmm. I, I have this blog and I'll, I'll have to post it by ASAP because it's on dating over 30 and loving it. Yes. Like it can, everything can be so, because you know yourself that mm -hmm. much better. So Anyways, I could go on. <laughs> I know. I feel like we can go on for hours and we are going to. So you're a breakup coach, a dating strategist, if you will. And my main, like, I'm just sitting here and I'm like, what am I going to ask her? My main question is what is your most popular service? What is the biggest challenge that your clients come to you with? When I first started this out, I, I didn't want to necessarily just be a dating coach. So I called myself a love coach and okay. people were really confused about that. <laughs> what that. So, but one of the offerings that I had was breakup recovery. And okay. cause I, yeah, I was helping people date online date. And then there was, there was just this like little sliver of my business that I loved. And I talked about all the time and it was really scary for me years ago to really kind of put myself out there that I was about this because it was, it was a topic that not a lot of people like to talk about. And, but also because like, what did it say about me that, you know, I was kind of putting this label on myself um, because, well, not necessarily that it was speaking to my like, you know, quote unquote failures in love, but it was just, it was admitting that I had been through a a good number of breakups. Right. And it was <laughs> highlighting that for you with like a yes. yellow highlighter. And I didn't necessarily want to talk about like my private life, but so much of my private life is, um, is the reason that I do what I do. And so I started off really focusing on breakup recovery okay, and kind of expanding in that area. But then even that small little niche began growing where then um, years ago I had this 27 year old young man call me to help asking me to help him break up with his girlfriend Ooh. and they're yes and I remember just thinking like oh my gosh like you want my help like to break a heart <laughs> like I'm about healing hearts right you're like I can't do this 
But the more I heard about it, the more I thought, you know, I, I work with so many people who have been through bad breakups that I actually really know what you need to do to have a good, healthy breakup in terms of, because he, you know, left to his own devices, his plan was to just wait for their next fight when she would oh, say okay. it over. And then he would just kind of be like, okay, there's my exit. So I, I said, if you do that, like she's just going to replay that break, that argument over and over again and blame her, herself for that. So I, I helped him to, you know, slowly begin introducing the conversations and then they did eventually break up and, you know, they're, they're both better off for it. So of course, then I helped people break, break up, but then I had people call me, particularly men asking for help to reconcile with their girlfriends, ex-girlfriends and wives. What is this win your ex back thing you're doing? I am so tuned in, but I'm also a little bit like guarded because I'm like, no, like when, when someone breaks up with you, like that should be it. You shouldn't want to reconcile with somebody that thinks their life is going to be better off without you. However, Natalia, I'd be lying to your face right now if I said I didn't try and do those things during my breakups. Let's be real, right? Of course. And you know what? I have been looking everywhere. There is... Oh my goodness. I'm gonna have to look it up, but I have been looking for like, what is the word for Cause you know, love is such a broad term. We have, you know, words like infatuation, limerence, like all of that. Lust. Yes. And, and I've been wondering like, what is that word for desiring your ex for desiring, not like longing for what you've um, like never had, but what you had and lost because it is, it is an emotion that like I talk to so many people, people about that. Sometimes like that's one of the first things people feel after a big breakup is this desire to just go back. Now I agree with you that 90% of the time it is a bad idea. Right. So, but I would say for the last five years, half of my clients have, that has been their entry point. Interesting, Mm -hmm. but it makes perfect sense because we all do those Google searches of like, okay, uh, just focus on you, uh, casually post on social media, uh, join a club, start a hobby, get in shape. You know, like the, the list is endless, right? But what would you say are your main, you know, bullet points that you hit during that when your ex back service that you provide? What is it that you're doing? So the first thing I do is I have an assessment. And so okay. I have a blog on, on why love is never enough because I'm like, okay, yes, I, I get it. Like you're, you know, you're connected, but like, what is the, what is, is it really love? Is it, is it attachment? Is it addiction? So first, before I even attempt t- to help you to, to put this back together, let's look at what we're, we're working with. And most of the time in that assessment, we see that either it's not possible to get things back on track or it's not in their best interest. And I think that once I'm able to reflect that with confidence and also let them know that it's okay. And, and it's, it can be even better than this. And I can help you to heal, move on and find that then, then they're a little bit more open to, to moving on. So once in a while, and you know, I've helped people to like get engaged, get married, um, once in a while, I have some couples where I feel like there were certain things that, um, especially around like communication or commitment, or maybe if they didn't know their attachment style, um, you know, like maybe once it got really close to say like marriage, they just kind of panicked. Right. So once they kind of understand that it wasn't about the relationship, but more about themselves, then they're a little bit more open to committing again. And uh, so, yeah, I've seen some beautiful love stories. Yeah. Their own inner love story, right? It's the classic, the classic, I should say, cliche quote of you can't love somebody else without loving yourself. And 
I truly like, I wanted to get that tattooed on my body at some point. I was like, this is so real and so true. So when you're working with couples, is it like, does the other person know in the relationship that they're working with you? Do you know what I mean? Let's say I wanted to, you know, come to you with some relationship advice. Would I tell my boyfriend, like, are people open about it? Is it more private? Some people keep it totally private. Yeah. (laughs) You know, their best kept secret and that's okay. But then other times I'll help people to reconcile, kind of clean things up. Like even after maybe like some like pretty, like even betrayals, I can help them just begin to open up those lines of communication and to re to rebuild the trust and to repair their relationship. Um, then often once things are kind of on track, they've let their partner know. So often these girlfriends are ex-wives and then had the ex-wives work with me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How cool. And that is fascinating to kind of see the other side um, because yeah, then often, you know, they're kind of working, they, they want to get over certain things that have happened or they want to trust again. They just don't know how, and there, th- if there's a willingness, there are definitely, um, there are definitely certain skill sets that people can develop. I mean, for me, communication is always a challenge because I'm like a cup overfloweth empath, emotional roller coaster. And I just feel like sometimes I'm almost, it's not too much for people, but it can be overwhelming for someone who is more, um, you know, just reserved, not reserved, but just doesn't operate that way. Right. Like I'm, what would your best advice for somebody who is potentially struggling with that communication with that getting on the same page? Okay. (laughs) So communication is actually something that I talk about every single day. Right. And, you know, some people will say, you know, I'm bad at communication or I've never been good at communication or I, you know, I'm uncomfortable with conflict, all that. Well, okay. You know, it's a skill. Right. It's a skill you can develop. God knows just with like life, we always have opportunities to practice and just like refine, refine. And a lot of it has to do with learning how, well, self-awareness. And yeah. also, you know, doing your own personal work, whether that's in therapy or, or journaling mm-hmm. or anything like that, just to kind of understand what, where, what the source is of, of some of your, your emotions. And then also just navigating how with the other person. So say if you are, like you kind of described yourself, a high expressive person. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, might, that might overwhelm someone who is low expressive. Now that's not to say that it can't work. It just needs to be me be using communication worked on and structured in a way that works for the two of you. Yeah, it's definitely, sorry, babe, just going to throw you under the bus there. Um, but essentially something that I'm always working through with my partner and I have no shame with that, you know, I'm happy to talk about it. Emotionally regulating. So if you're really high or really low, just knowing how to kind of bring yourself back to an equilibrium and sometimes that's going to be done on your own. And sometimes it's going to be done in partnership. That's such a good point. What did you say? You said emotionally regulate. Yes. Ooh, I love that. And to talk about therapy, like you brought up when you did have this, you know, massive come to Jesus, if you will. I started therapy this past year as well. You know, turning 30 was a huge hit for me. And yes, I'm in a, in a, in a very happy relationship, but turning 30 came with all these other pressures. Let's be real. And yeah, you know, when am I getting engaged? Am I getting like, it's like, stop it. This year has taught us, if anything, to live in the moment. Do you feel like you're always reminding your clients of that? Like when they are going through these trials and tribulations or joyous moments? 
Yes. Um, you know, and talking about like just like 30 or milestones or expectations, in particular for women, mm-hmm. um, that that can really cloud our judgment. And, and it, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have to, like, that's a part of the problem is that then you, because then if we, if we internalize that, then we might make all, all sorts of choices for the wrong reasons, yeah. uh, including getting married for the wrong reason. So, <laughs> you, know, says, you know, I help people to call off their engagements and weddings. Oh, I, okay. We need to talk about that. What the yeah. fuck? Like, what is that like? No, I am like, this came about. So this is where, again, this little niche that I had just kept mm-hmm. creating, like it is endless. And years ago, the Toronto star reached out at, they were doing a piece on calling off your, your engagement or wedding. And so in terms of just preparing for the interview, I, you know, I kind of put something out on social media and I had a few conversations with people and it was really incredible how few people even wanted to like the post. <laughs> Because right. there, was, there was there's so much shame around that. And, mm-hmm. and, but then I had, so I had conversations, you know, just kind of in like the DMs and, and so many people told me that, that how, how many people had gotten married and gone through with something because they had no idea how to end it. And then years later, they ended up getting <sighs> a divorce, but that they had an intuition before of course. So they just, they just wanted to emphasize how important a service like this was. Now it's not, you know, it's not my main focus, but I will help people in you know, all sorts of ways. So I have, I have this like 10 page free guide on my site. with like, Amazing. it's like three part process with like a checklist. <laughs> Guys go read it. If you're planning on getting engaged well, and dropping that question, I think it's just helpful for people to know, like, how would I get out? Because like, I know when I ended my engagement, it was just, it was just so scary because it's, it's like, it, you feel like you're on this moving train and like, yeah. how do you get off? You know, I have to speak from experience as well. I was in a very serious relationship from a young age and, uh, that was, you know, it was a horrible breakup, but I felt that pressure even at 23, like what's next? Because when you meet these people at 17 in high school, in college, whatever, there's no real reason for the breakup. Do you encounter that a lot where it's like, sure, we're still in love. Like nothing's really wrong, but like, it's that intuition and listening to the butterflies and listening to your gut. Like I was listening to a podcast on the way here today to work. And I was like, damn, like our body is responding to everything. Like we need to listen to it. Right. True. Or no. (laughs) Well, those feelings and this whole concept of the gut, you know, a lot of people will sometimes rely on gut, but sometimes the source of that is fear. Okay. And, uh, you know, our, our, our body, our, our unconscious is designed to protect us from the unknown. And sometimes even yeah. things that are, that are good for us are outside of the, the un, are in the unknown. Or in our trauma or something. That's yeah. a really good point, Natalia. You're right. Rooted in fear. Yes. And that's why I have found working with people in their early in their thirties, I would say to be the, the most, there's just, there's a little bit more flow there because people have patterns. You know, I think in people's twenties, people are kind of figuring things out. They're really attached to like, well, it's just the way it is really just kind of going with their feelings. And in their thirties, people will kind of step back and look at themselves as the common denominator. And why is it that I keep attracting a lot of these relationships? 
I've literally said that term. I'm the common denominator. Why am I always getting cheated on? What is happening here? And then as much as you think you're a strong, confident woman, which I believe that I am, you can't help but let these seeds get planted in your brain. Mm-hmm. Like, do you see that a lot? Just girls or men, men as well, or whatever people identify as, and just being almost like broken. We are all quote unquote broken. Right. <laughs> it's so true. We're just messes, yeah. aren't we? Well, and that, and there are gifts in that. My, yeah. my, a good friend of mine, he, he says, your gift is next to your wound. Mm. And when I heard that, I just, I thought, I just thought that was so beautiful that, you know, we go through a lot of these things to just create some, some like insight, some pain, like, like pain can just really help us to kind of slow down and reflect. Like I, there are so many gifts in, in our pain. I know. And they, they allow us to really discover who we are and discover the person that we want to share our life with. Yeah. Look at us getting so deep. I'm obsessed. Um, so I do have a couple more questions for you regarding what you do. And I do want you to be able to talk on any poignant topics of what you do as well so that the listeners can soak it all up. And so that I can continue to have my therapy hour with you. Um, <laughs> I think I'm so curious and I know people are curious in general. What is the most common mistake that people make during breakups, during relationships, during that win your ex back phase? Like what is, what is that thing that you're like, guys, no, is it the quotes on social media? Is it the like blaming themselves? What is this most common thing that you're seeing? Or are you seeing anything common? What a great, great question. Oh, okay. (laughs) And that could go in so many directions, but so when people go through breakups and in terms of a lot of it has to do with understanding the psychology of a breakup okay that we are designed like so I talk a lot about attachment theory and we won't have you know necessarily time to to go into it but for me it was the missing piece so I have a blog on the secret to drama free love and it wasn't until it was my I was on my sixth therapist. Now my third in my 20, in my thirties, cause I, I had seen some in my, my twenties, but where I was, it felt like I was having the same conversation over and over again. And, you know, just kind of making a lot of the same choices. And finally I asked her, I said, I said, I know you're not supposed to tell me what to do, but what is your opinion? Okay. And she said, well, you might want to take a look at attachment theory. Hmm. So I was like, okay, I don't know. Do you know much about it? I don't know. So okay. dive in a little bit if you so, can. Yes, let me touch on it then. Um, so there are three general attachment styles, but 50% of the population has what they call a secure attachment style. And they tend to be, as we talked about, very emotionally well-regulated. They, okay. they're, general, they're good communicators. They have a healthy sense of self-esteem, good boundaries, and generally pretty easygoing people and they, they tend to you know go get into relationships with ease and even in terms of ending it their thought process is is I'm going through a breakup of course it's sad but I will be okay then there's another 25% of the population has that has more of an avoidant attachment style 
And they tend to compartmentalize their emotions. They, they, they keep love at a distance. Overall, they have this, this sense that love is not safe. Mm. And, and so they can, they can be kind of very like um, mysterious because they often are single a lot. A lot of these like forever bachelors, you know, like. <laughs> right. It's just not for me. It's never going to work out. I love my career. I'm married to my job. Yeah. And, and, you know, they'll get into relationships with these because they can also sometimes be very charismatic, but then once there's more and more intimacy, they tend to find fault with the other person and the relationship and then end things. And then they're the ones that when they go through breakups, they're like, okay, next. Yeah. They just, they're pretty closed off. Then there's another 20, 25% that have more of an anxious attachment styles. These are more of like the love addicts. They love, love, very emotionally mm. like up and down and, and they don't tend to have <laughs> the best best boundaries. They're loyal to a fault, even communication wise, they're, they're kind of a little bit creative to get their needs met. Cause they don't feel like they can be direct. And maybe as like a children, they had, they had experiences of, um, like a fear of abandonment, but like totally. that, that, that could have been because a parent was busy at work. Like, you know, as, as babies, like we don't know. So, know. you know, and then the anxious style, they're the ones that are in relationships for way longer than they should be. And they have, they have an incredibly difficult time moving on after a breakup. They are hijacked by this feeling of like, what if, what if I never get over this? What if, what if I never meet anyone who I love as much as my ex? And they are devastated Mm -hmm. and if they they attach themselves to these thought processes, it is very, very difficult to move on. So when I discovered, you know, I'm a part of this exclusive club. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. We're going to start a club guys. As well, they, there is, you know, people sometimes will discover they're that style and they're like, oh my goodness, like I'm, you know, oh, like, like I have this huge burden to bear, but no, that's not true. Once you learn about it and learn how to, you know, kind of own a lot of these feelings and become what they call more secure functioning, then actually it's an incredible asset because we make amazing partners when we are in healthy, secure relationships. Otherwise we're crazy. (laughs) Uh, No, no. And Wow. Thank you so much for, for diving into that. That was, I feel like I kind of, I feel like I saw myself a little bit in all of those, if I'm being honest. And yeah. And that's an interesting point. And so people can read more about it in the blog because I actually mm. talk about how confusing it is because there are all of these styles, but then there are dynamics where even if that was your predominant style, if you were dating someone that you really weren't that into or not that attracted, you would feel really avoidant. Right. Makes yeah. perfect sense. And it's, you know, in the past I've been guilty and I'm sure you see this of putting past trauma on a new partner and, you know, yeah, I, it, it's as simple as that. Right. And carrying that with, and, and just trying to avoid it from happening. And it's like, what's going to happen. It's going to happen. Like, why do you want to control somebody? You shouldn't want that. That's not healthy. That's not love, you know? So it's been an, yeah, go ahead. That's fear-based. That's attachment. And attachment is meant, it was designed to keep us safe. Yeah. Like we are wired for love, but the problem is that sometimes it's like, it's, it's running us instead of us engaging with, with a lot of these, uh, these, these drives that we have as humans. Wow. Last thing I'll say on attachment is that when, when the anxious and avoiding get together, it is fireworks. It is very passionate. Come here, go away. Hollywood is all about this love. And, and like, I was, you know, it was, it's intoxicating. Yeah. Now, it's addictive. Yes. And so often if people haven't had an experience of secure love, they can think it's kind of boring. Mm. And I know I did. That's why I was passed up on these guys. Um, and 
so there's just, there's so much for people to, to gain from kind of understanding how, how, um, how this, this can play out in their lives. It's almost like love languages, right? Like when you know, and you dissect them or what's your take on those? I feel like love languages are like, it, it, it doesn't hold a candle to attachment theory. Okay. Like so many people know about it, about love languages and it is important, but it right. is, it is like attachment theory is the foundation. Copy. It makes, it makes perfect sense to me. Like, yeah. honestly, I'm going to research it more. <laughs> I will send things your way. Absolutely. And I really hope that people do check out your blog. I read a little bit, so I'm going to be reading more of that. Is there anything that you want to say in terms of like, this needs to be known, this needs to be said, you know, my listeners are mainly 25 to 35, mainly women, although I love you boys. And I also have, um, an LGBTQ following, like, do you work with all walks of life, all sorts of relationships? Yeah. Just some couple more tidbits of information from you. I work with everybody. Amazing. <laughs> Done. Love it. Same. I, I know like, yes, there are, def- there, there are trends, but you know, I just recently worked with a 20 year old young man and his heartbreak was the same as, as someone in their forties. And yes. And I actually have a degree in gender studies. Okay. Amazing. So I, yeah, I, um, I feel like that, that really kind of plays a role in my work and, and yeah, like certain things are different, but love is love. Love is love. Heartbreak is heartbreak. And so I, I don't, I try to be as inclusive as possible, even though, um, I definitely like really enjoy working with people in their thirties, I would say. Yeah. It's, I was looking at your testimonials and I was like, oh, wow, they're mostly in their thirties, but that makes perfect sense to me. 50 men and women. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I'm actually a speed dating host on the side for a company in Montreal. Yeah. So they're called dashing date and I see it too. It's mostly thirties people just ready to go. Like I know who I am. I know what I want. I'm not fucking around anymore. Boom. Yes. Dating in your thirties is incredible. And like I said, I'll be turning 40 in a month. And like, now I feel like I'm attracting like more and more women in their forties. And I feel like there are certain things that can be carried on, but yes, sure. There are unique challenges, but there are also great advantages. And and that that's a mindset. Um, and one of the things that I hear over and over again is men only want a younger woman. And I think that that is such BS. Like I, I hear that once a week. And first of all, you can always be the younger woman. If For you're sure. willing to date older, right? 100%. <laughs> and that for men, it's not about that. It's about vitality. Like they're just attracted to people where there's like, like a love of life. Confidence, security in themselves. Yeah. And just, just having a great life having a career that you love, mm-hmm. having, having great friends, like all, all of that, you know, there, there's that talk on maintaining desire in a long-term relationship by Estelle, by Esther Perel, which is fantastic. But she talks about how important it is to have a life of your own. I know you read it and you see it all the time. Why does it, why is it so hard to accept for some people? Like, what is that? Why are they so hungry to go to the net. Like you said, you talk, we'll talk briefly about it. Um, when I was reading through your website, this, the rebound, the rebound, that awful rebound, what is it about that, that people, that people flock to, like, they can't sit with themselves. They can't be alone. Like, so again, the main, well, the, it's the, it's those two of the anxious and the avoidant that will rebound now for different reasons. 
you know, the avoidance because they're just ready to be like, okay, next, you know, they're the ones that kind of are okay with that velocity of like the way to get over someone is like under someone or yeah. something like that, which I think is garbage. <laughs> She's like, no, not here, honey. Yeah. And then the anxious style where, you know, they just kind of want to feel this escape to like, they just want to feel better. I know. And, but ultimately it will not make them feel better. So they need to learn to self-soothe in other ways. Amen. In a healthy way of self, yeah. self soothing. Um, people might know this, but you know, sometimes people need to make that mistake once or many times before they're willing to learn it. But I would definitely advise against it. I know I've, you know, I've learned so much in my mistakes, right? It just, it just is what it is. It's, it's so obvious when you look back, you're like, right, that was supposed to happen. Okay. Copy now. Yeah. You know, so, ah. Oh, such good advice. Thank you so much for being like an open book and just sharing your wisdom. I can't wait to hear what the listeners uh, think about it all. We're not okay here, people. Um, so we're actually very okay, actually, because this is some some great shit. So let's segue into the Bachelor chat. Do you think it's a good time? Yes. Let me, let me say one last thing. Okay. Amazing. Please. Okay. So when I started Lovistics, it was a play on the word logistics. It was about trying to help people to make sense of love. And it was so empowering when I discovered there are, there are skill sets around communication and there are, there are healthy ways to have conflict resolution and there's attachment theory. There are all of these things that can help you to have better love in your life. And the idea is that if the better your love life is, the better everything is. So I would encourage your listeners, even if they've had, you know, like, you know, they feel they've had bad luck in, in love Mm -hmm. to really kind of begin to do the work in this area, the same way that if you were having challenges in your career, you would, you would work on scaling up Yeah, love life is the exact same because as they say, the quality of your life is determined by the quality of the relationships and the quality of those relationships is determined by the quality of the individuals. Boom. Yeah but it's so true. Like you are a product of what you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend who she has a podcast, I had her on, well, I, I didn't add for her and she talks about budgeting and finances and it goes in hand in hand with that. The five people that you surround yourself with the most are going to be a reflection of your finances are going to be a reflection of your, like you said, your love life and your friends and your circle. And I think you're exactly right. And that's a perfect note to end on is that, do the work just like you would. Like I'm an actor, get back in class, go to dance class, stay in shape, tune up, find up, you know, edit this, do that. If you're always working, you're always learning you yourself as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Obsessed. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so now that we segue into the bachelor, I hope we don't lose anyone with this because we are going to be unpacking and sharing all the tea. But I do want to just start off with your um, connection to Rachel Lindsay, which is so, so intriguing and so interesting. So take the floor, please tell us. Yes. Well, over the years, you know, I've had a chance to meet a number of uh, the contestants and I'm just always, I'm just so fascinated, um, you know, by Bachelor Nation. And, but in particular, the last time I was on Good Morning America, I went backstage in the green room, Rachel Lindsay was there Uh and, you know, she was my favorite bachelorette and we had such a great chat on, on about her season and how she said that dating that many men was really empowering for her, that it was, you know, it was obviously an adjustment. And so I got to also share that, you know, in my thirties, when I had to learn how to date and not just kind of 
go from relationship to relationship, but to kind of manage a lot of these, you know, leads. <laughs> right. Um, it, it's, it can be, uh, it can be a process, but it's also incredibly empowering and also just how great it was kind of d- dating as um, like your late twenties, early thirties. And do you think the show promote, like, is it a great example of that? Like, what does the show do for you as an expert in your field? Like, are you sitting there like shaking your head the whole time? Are you like, yes, girl. Like, where are you at when you watch the show and the show in general? Fascination aside. Helen Fisher, she is an anthropologist and she's written a number of books and like great TED talks about relationships. And and so she talks about, um, you know, these uh, reality shows about relationships, how we all just kind of watch them because they're like case studies. Like Mm -hmm. sure, people can kind of dismiss The Bachelor, sure. But I actually think it's, it's just, it's like, I encourage, I mean, not all my clients, but like some of them to watch it. For example, there's someone who, you know, say there's a bachelorette and she's dating all of these men. And then you'll just kind of see like, is she going for her type or is she going for like the good guy, the one like you can see, like they would be amazing together. Um, and also to see how she might, you know, date a number of different men. It kind of exposes. And then, but because so many people will go on a couple of one day at a couple of days and just be like passing, you know, dismiss someone that they're not my type. But the more you get to know someone, um, the more you might like them. Right. And the show is an example of that, right? Exactly. Okay. Copy. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Like you're giving, well, you know, I wish Matt James gave Abigail more of a shot, but anyways, we can get into that later. But, um, so yeah. Okay. That's great that you watch it from a case study perspective. So for those of you that, um, haven't tuned into this season, Matt James is the first black bachelor. And it's been an insane season to say the least. And we're obviously going to touch on what Emmanuel during the after final rose talked about last night as the elephant in the room is that unfortunately Matt's season was hijacked by these cracks, I would say in the bachelor franchise with racism, with the woman that he picked. Um, she had a past of um, racial ignorance and instances that took place that came forward They're two broken individuals. It was devastating to watch Matt talk about this. We just have to shed light on it. And I want to hear what you have to say about about the deep cracks in the foundation, essentially. And the fact that this season was overshadowed by all of this stuff that was just so unnecessary. This season was not supposed to be about that. It was supposed to be about the exact opposite, right? And this is what we're remembering instead. And that's important. It's good. We do need to have this moment of growth for America, for North America, for the world. And yeah, I just want to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I don't want to say it played out perfectly, but I think, you know, we had these like, you know, grand expectations for this season. And the fact that this happened just, I mean, it just highlights how much work there is to do. Um, And it was just, it was, it was just like, what a shock that, that the woman he chose that this was in her background. And I will say I was, you know, I, I really appreciated the conversation that they had last mm-hmm. night. But I was disappointed that they didn't, they didn't do more. Okay. And what do you think as, you know, a relationship expert at this point, what they could have done more? Well, they didn't address bachelor nation, right? They just, they kept it to this story. Mm-hmm. Um, they kept it isolated to this one experience, but really it's that, they, that a representative or bachelor nation didn't speak. Yeah. 
and how, and also commitments of what they could do better. And they didn't address the controversy with Chris Harrison. They, yeah, you're exactly right. It was all about Rachel and the relationship with Matt and where they're at now. And they even asked Michelle, where are you at with the situation? And yeah, it's, it's all around very disappointing. Yes. Now I will say, I don't think that bachelor nation, like bachelor nation is a force (laughs) and I don't think, (laughs) I don't think they're going to let it go. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I'm not the only one who didn't notice that, that they didn't, they, they didn't address the franchise. So I really hope that, you know, something comes of that. I know. And I think last night was the most, well, Emmanuel said, he's like, this is the most uncomfortable conversation one can have. I think that they all did the best that they could. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Right. I'm not there. I'm not them. I'm a white woman. It's just, it's, it's, it's gross and it's scary. And it's sad that we got to, we had to watch Matt. Like he was just, he didn't even know what to say. Yes. And I, I thought it was really powerful. His you know, like the silence, like it was just, mm-hmm. and I think everyone was, it was, it was really collective. And yeah. There were a few, there were just looking at my notes. There were a few things he said that really stood out about, you know, a big problem was that he even had to explain why it was problematic. Yeah. What did he say, Natalia? He said the fact that, hold on, I wrote it down as well. That she might not understand what it means to be black in America. Yeah. And that if you can't understand that this was problematic three years ago, how can I be with you? Right? Like it's, uh, it's, it's exactly what Chris Harrison had done. Cause he was excusing it in like, uh, is it not a good look in 2018 or is it not a good look now? Sweetie, it was three years ago. Like what? <laughs> and to say that to Rachel Lindsay, like, I mean, she's deleted her Instagram since it's been so hard for her. So I just hope that everyone, you know, tuned in and took what they needed from that. I know I did. I had some really important conversations last night with, you know, black friends, white friends, whatever. And um, yeah, I'm just, we should talk about Matt and the season and the women because there's lots to unpack there. Let's be real. Did you want to say anything else about it? (laughs) What? Oh, this season. Wow. So which attachment (laughs) style do you think Matt has? Oh, oh, he's an avoidant. No. 100%. Look at me, the teacher, the student becomes the teacher. (laughs) This is the lens that I watch it through. Like it comes. And once you, once you have a working knowledge of it, it comes through in people's words, actions, also their relationship history. Like just the fact that he's never been in love. Well, love is probably not safe. And then, you know, we got to kind of see what was behind the scenes in terms of his, you know, with his family and dad, his mom. Oh, that was so tender. I loved that scene with his dad. I just like, oh. yeah, it was important for people to watch. Like, yes. he, you know, I hate that he was used as this scapegoat. I hate that, you know, then there was talks about the, the stereotype of the black father, just, you know, people just making a mockery of it, unfortunately. And you're exactly right. Were you going to say something about the mom? Yes. Well, just that when she said, when she made that comment after she had met the two, the two last women about how like, you know, love fades, love is not everything. Just you, you actually saw Matt's face, like just these like micro expressions where something, something changed in him. It was so obvious. Flooded where it just seemed like, you know, he had done all of this work to kind of bring down the walls and connect with these women. And it's like in that moment, those walls came right back up. 
I know. And I don't want to sit here and blame his mother, no. but I'm like, come on. What? No. Like it just showed how, how present all of that fear is for him. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people have said he's like a little bit uninteresting and he says, thanks for sharing and kisses with his eyes open. <laughs> like, so many, he's a great guy. Like you can tell he's a stand-up guy, but you're right. The It's just the blood like drained from his face. And I'm like, oh, he was never ready for this. No, and this was his first time on TV. <laughs> right. So for those of you that don't know, he he doesn't have a previous season. He's actually best friends with Tyler from a previous season. So that's how Bachelor Nation knows him and fell in love with him. And yeah, it's just like, well, and he, was kind of, he was kind of thrust into this season, I think with, you know, 2020 and everything that had happened, they just, I think Bachelor Nation decided like, we have to have a black lead. It's been 25 years. And so I feel for Matt that, you know, his season wasn't only about finding love, but that, you know, anyone else that would be the main objective. But for him, it was also like he had to take on social justice and diversity yep. and inclusion. And, and that comes with a tremendous amount of pressure. It's too much for one person, let's be real. And then to have it pan out this way is devastating. It's traumatic for him. Were his walls up now? Honey, he built the Great Wall of China around him. He wouldn't even speak last night. It's like, and you're right, the silence was very powerful and poignant, but how sad. Like, I just, oh my gosh, you're so right. I'm going to watch through this lens from now on these mm-hmm. people. So what about the women? So obviously there was so much drama in the house. And then towards the end, oh. it was nice to see the three, the three final women, um, Michelle, Rachel, and Brie after their fantasy suite nights, I was really impressed with them. They all sat there and they talked about it. Yeah. Rachel kind of fell apart a little bit, which is, which I think was, which was accepted. I wouldn't be comfortable with <laughs> these girls all like, you know, hooking up with my man. So it's like, it was, it was so nice to see three women sit there with themselves and their thoughts and their emotions compared to the shit that was going on throughout the, 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 the beginning of the season. It's ridiculous. And I'm not sure if it was just how they edited it. I don't think that that would have been possible, but it was a mean house. And this just shows, again, you can kind of compare seasons where culture matters. Yeah. So, and you can't say it's one or the other because, you know, different seasons have had a different feel and often it's, it just depends on like who's in the house and what, what kind of leadership there is. But I was so impressed with his selection. Yeah. He picked some really amazing women. I know oh, yeah. you're right. And, um, okay. So in terms of a couple of things about like, what about him and Michelle? when they had a chance, like their breakup. And then when they had a chance to see each other. So I'll speak on this quick and then the expert will take over. Oh, please. Um, the fact, okay. First of all, this, she has her shit all the way together. We know this. She is a dream. (sighs) Goodbye. And you know what, Natalia, I'm not going to lie. I thought she was a little beige in the beginning. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, oh, she's kind of forgettable to me. And then I fell in love with her. Right. And I think America fell in love with her as well. She's the new bachelorette. So, um, I am irked, really irked by the fact that he wouldn't give her those two minutes she asked for. Yes. I'm like, of course I've, it's happened to me. It's happened to my friends. Like, you don't even know what to say because you don't know what to say. And you're, is it cowardice? I don't know. Like I, I really do like Matt. I think he's a great guy. I'm just disappointed. He couldn't give her two minutes. Are you that scared? Yeah. Yeah. Where she, when she said, you know, afterwards I wasn't okay and that she didn't get the closure she needed and that she really crumbled and that the producers knew. So 
I mean, again, this speaks to his avoidance, (laughs) right? The fact that like, I don't want to, I can't deal with that. I don't have the capacity. And the fact that she 100% has a secure attachment style. Mm -hmm. I knew it on their like first date. (laughs) And the fact that she asked for it, like, this is also about like, they're very in tune with what they need. Like I need two minutes to say my thing. I don't want to try and wing you back. I don't want to change your mind. I just need it for my closure. And I'm sure you see it with your clients all the time. I mean, I never got closure on some things. It's like, it's unfair. It sucks. Okay. It is their situation aside closure wise. (laughs) Closure is overrated. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We can't rely on it for our healing. I know, you know, when we get it, sure. Great. But you know what, once you get, once you get that closure, there's always more you want to know. So at some point you have to give yourself the closure that you need. Wow. I mean, yep. Again, should I get it tattooed on my body? Like, (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes that closure comes years later, you know, we want it right away, Mm -hmm. but sometimes as things come into perspective, we realize, Oh, that's why it didn't work. So peace can come later. You just have to like trust the process or as they say in bachelor nation, trust the journey. A chance the journey, maybe. <laughs> I mean, y'all, they trusted their journey. And well, honey, I just, yes. okay. And so at the end, you know, when, like when they got to see each other again, Oof. I wrote down this line because I absolutely loved it. Let me find it where, you know, when she said, you've taught me a lot about relationships, what I'm looking for and what I'm not looking for. So that was true. my favorite night. That was my favorite line of the evening. Yeah, it's <laughs> especially with what you do. You're like, yes, okay. This is an example of a woman who took what she needed from this breakup. She utilized it. She analyzed it. I mean, it probably kept her up at night. Lord knows it keeps yeah. us all up. But it's like- But that wow. heartbreak came, it, it bare gifts. Like <sighs> now she knows. Like there were certain qualities that Matt demonstrated um, that now she'll, she'll just be more tuned to it the next time. So also like the search for love also is a refinement process. Okay. And what do you mean by refinement process? Like- well, we just kind of learned, like, I really liked this. So I, I'm, I'm looking for this plus, but then also like maybe someone with more of like a history of commitment. Like I would say that was a, like a red flag. I know. Not okay. to say that we can't give someone a chance if they don't have a relationship history, but you know, that's, that says something. And what are you doing to work on that? Like, are you in therapy? Are you aware? Or is it just like, oh, I just haven't found the right person yet because I don't buy that. Really? Okay. So bachelor aside, I kind of want to pick your brain on that. Like what, what's your take on, yeah, the, the person who's never been in love or the person who's never been in a serious relationship. Is that, you know, like what, if you're, if you're in your late twenties or late, you know, or in your thirties and you don't have much of a relationship history, there's something there. And it's not a judgment, but you need to kind of look at that with curiosity. And for some people, maybe they had a lot of responsibility. So they couldn't, they didn't feel, you know, like they could uh, work on this area of their life. Like I've seen that with a lot of my men who have like family businesses. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. They felt the demands of that, but or was it kind of a way to protect yourself from being hurt and Mm. kind of, because it's, we can definitely like shield ourselves from love. Just, Oh, like I'm just focused on my career or I don't know. I'm doing me (laughs) because you want someone with a little bit of a relationship history because they will have learned and grown. And we want to see that people have a history of commitment. Like there are so many women I talk to mostly women in their thirties where they want a man who's never been divorced. 
And you're like, sweetie, that's a gift. (laughs) And you know what? I remember feeling like that. You just, you just, you just want this, like you romanticize this idea of being like the first or, but when I remember when I heard that it demonstrates a history of commitment, that I completely changed that paradigm. Yeah. So I think that Michelle is a perfect example of that. She's like, you know what? I'm a teacher. I'm this, like, I'm ready, you know? Okay, cool. Thank you. And next, right? Like Ariana Grande, it just, it's, it, it makes sense. It rings true. So yeah. Okay. Should we talk about, um, any of the other women, like anything else you want to say about the season as a whole, the drama? I mean, we don't even talk about the drama. Ooh, what about Katie? I'm obsessed with her. I love her. She's a, she's got my energy. Like people are telling me, oh my God, you're like the Katie of the season. I'm like, cool. I would show up with a vibrator. I would. Um, yeah, but she did have some drama too with the woman tell all with the other girls kind of coming for her. That, that was like, she didn't bring that on that. That was just kind of thrown her way. Ugh. No, but again, she has a secure attachment style too. So we have here two yes. drama-free, two drama-free bachelorettes. This is going to be incredible. And, oh and what, a part of what I love about it and we, is that this will also be an opportunity to see how they interact with the men, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. With those two attachment styles. Oh my gosh. You're so yeah. right. And it's just, I hate when I see the girls so focused on what's going on in the house. I mean, it happens. And a lot of it is, let's be real. The producers are like planting seeds and this, and who knows, maybe they're upping their pay. I don't know. Um, but it's like, you're so fo- You're still talking about the girls. Talk about Matt. Why is it so hard for some people, Natalia? Oh, it exposes, well, not only their attachment styles, but also character. Mm-hmm. That might also still be developing. Yeah. A lot of these women are really like, they're really young. They're young. This was young, especially. I don't know if I'm just getting older, 30, but like 21, 22, Serena P from Toronto, who's 22. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> oh my God. I never would have wanted to see my 22 year old self on TV. <laughs> right. No, legit. I'm like, I was still in theater school acting like a sociopath. Like what? Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot of emotion and you don't necessarily have, you're not as emotionally well-regulated, especially for some of those that have an anxious attachment cell. You'll see the ones that, those are the ones that are, when they're activated, they act out. So is that like Victoria? Is she anxious attachment style or is she just a drama queen? (laughs) She's just a drama queen. Okay, copy. Great. We won't need to. Well, actually one thing I will touch on, I know that she got, she was, you know, she, she was insane. We don't need to talk about it, but she got fat shamed for being a size six. Like it, it can't come on the franchise. We need to like, people see these size twos and zeros. I'm like, yeah, maybe they are naturally like that. Absolutely. You see these types of women all the time, but it's like, can we get some curves up in here? Like I'm a six. Am I fat? You know, it's like, come on. Exactly. And I know, you know, I know the franchise maybe doesn't think that, you know, it's their responsibility, but it is. It is. You know? Yeah, for them to, so I don't know. I really hope that, that, I mean, I'm, and I'm sure that they're having these conversations, but I'm not sure that they're, it's not that they don't know. It's not ignorance. It would be a choice that they're making to not. And that I think is a real problem. Yeah. Ditto, ditto. Perfect, perfect thing to say. Um, So yeah, where are we at? (laughs) (laughs) 
I just personally want to have coffee with you or multiple drinks so we can just go in. But I think that we covered a lot, Natalia. I think we talked about the important things of the season. I learned so much. Attachment. What do we Let's just give them it's their moment one more time. Attachment styles? Attachment theory. Sorry. See, look, I'm already screwing it up because I'm overwhelmed. Um, attachment theories of security. Secure, secure style, secure, anxious, and avoidant. Those are the there. We go. That's styles. it. Yeah. And so my blog has some resources because you can also go down. There is also I don't know certain negative things online where they kind of make it seem like one is better than the other, and that is definitely not the approach I take. Okay. Cool. So is that like one of the first things you do with your clients? To be honest. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Very cool. I often see how it's been, it's just been running their relationship life. And what's, what's interesting is that often this only shows up in, in intimate relationships, whereas like people can have really successful careers and great friendships because friendships are the dynamic is secure, secure. You can be yourself, but, but that's why sometimes in relationships, people are a little crazy. Guilty. (laughs) You know, I, I feel like this podcast at this point is just, an excuse for me to figure out my shit. And I love it. So I can't thank you enough for being here. I'm going to, uh, where can people find you? So people can absolutely find me at my website, lavistics.com. That's with a V or on Instagram at the breakup coach. That's probably where I like to hang out the most. Yeah. And you're based in Toronto, but you offer services internationally, correct? Yes. Yes. That's correct. And uh, yeah. And then also just like my website, like more and more, I, I, I have so many research resources that I'm putting out there. Like being a former teacher, I used to be an elementary school teacher. I oh. love education. So there will be, there are some great resources on my site, but there will be more and more, including that, how to call off your, your engagement, uh, a breakup survival guide, even breakup playlists. I like, saw the playlist. They're incredible. So Anyways, please, you know, leverage that site, whether or not, you know, people would need to work with me. It is just, it's a great resource site. Yes. I'm going to check it out. I want to listen to the breakup playlist just because I love it. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here, Natalia. I, I just, I would love to have you back on and I can't wait to hear what everyone says. Yes. If there are any questions that your listeners have, let's just collect them. And then we could always, you know, do another, another call. Ah, I would love that. Okay, guys. So please slide into Natalia's DMs. I mean, not in that way, but you know, or maybe in that, no, no, do not do that. And slide into mine and yeah, throw us those questions and we'll be happy to answer them. Thanks so much. Thank you.